Well, hello and welcome to the Coaches and Leaders Assemble podcast, the podcast for all things coaching, leadership, people and culture with me, your host, Laura Royal. I have returned. Yes, that's right. (laughs) I've returned after a wonderful four-week break of holiday, relaxation, change, discovery, peace and a lovely, lovely sense of calm, all sprinkled with some really good weather, considering I live in the north of the UK and Scotland. It is often not the best of summers, but so far since my holiday at the beginning of August, it has been absolutely lovely. So what is today's podcast all about? Well, it's me sharing some realisations with you that's given me some clarity over the last few weeks and how this is helping me shape what I choose to do next. So I decided that today's podcast, whilst it does have a structure for me really to remember and guide me through so I don't go off on random tangents, which is quite often the case with me. If you've ever had a conversation with me in person, you'll know that to be true. But I'd like to share everything that I've unraveled in the last few weeks. Well, perhaps not everything, but certainly a few things that really came to the forefront. And it comes largely unscripted because let's be honest, that's what life is. It's unscripted. Yes, we deal with things as they arrive in the moment. And yes, we can plan for things. And yes, we might be able to influence things and shape the trajectory of our lives. But not everything is carved out in stone or set out on a page like a script. Now, this might all sound a little like, well, what's all this got to do with coaching and leadership and people and culture? Well, let me tell you, it is everything. Let's dive right in. Now, I am not a finished article or product or the be all and end all human being around coaching, leadership, people and culture. But one thing that I do know well is how to help myself and others be at their best as much as we possibly can. And I start that with every single day waking up and purposely thinking, how can I show up today as my best self for me, first and foremost for me? And what can I do today that will then help me in turn help others? Now, whilst I was on holiday recently, I did start to reflect on my own observations of my internal chatter. Now, I often have a lot of internal dialogue going on as well as outward dialogue. I'm quite a chatty person. And historically, I am very good at being able to quieten my internal self-talk or amplify it when the moment calls for it. But recently, I noticed a couple of patterns that I was running where I'd be going down a rabbit hole of getting stuck on stuff, you know, really getting into the fine detail or the opposite procrastinating or perhaps not being as visible as I usually am prior to my holiday. I'm meaning I had a holiday on purpose, but I'd be running a negative self-talk, basically giving myself a hard time. I'd be saying things to myself like, well, you can't go online today because you've not had your hair done or you're not good enough for that or other people are better at that than you, whatever the thing is. And it could be really quite simple things. And I also noticed I was getting really easily fatigued, probably aligned with the internal self-talk that wasn't particularly helpful. So I truly noticed before I went on holiday at the beginning of August that I really, really needed the break. Now, some of my coaching clients recently expressed a similar thing. One coach in particular expressed some really harsh self-talk that they'd noticed in themselves, really demonstrating 
limiting beliefs that had become so loud as internal dialogue or chatter for them, it was stopping that person move forward so that his limiting beliefs came to the forefront and, you know, paused that person in that moment of time. And his limiting beliefs really resonated with me because I'd felt similar things in the past and in my recent past as well. He told me about a particular post that had come up in his workplace and it would be a promotion for him and that he desperately wanted that role. He thought, you know, the role sounded great. Typically, it would be right up his street, but there was something really, really holding him back and it was his own self-talk. That self-talk in a similar fashion to how I've just described of feeling like he wasn't good enough or other people were better for the role than he was or he didn't have enough experience or the right qualifications. The list was endless. So we dived into this and we did a little bit of a game called Two Truths and a Lie. Now you might be familiar with this. I use this as a tactic for myself when I do find myself going down that rabbit hole of negative self-talk. And even though I am an NLP trainer and I've done a lot of training on self-coaching and how to be at your best self and positive psychology and neuroscience over the last goodness knows how many years, sometimes we still find ourselves in a space where we just need a little bit of support, helpful support. And I find that using the game Two Truths and a Lie to be a really helpful way to help me get out of feeling stuck in a rut or getting stuck in that negative self-talk. And I tried it with my client as well. And that's what I'm going to share with you today and see how you can perhaps apply this for yourself, regardless of what situation that you're facing. Let's have a little look at how we play the game. Now, before we get started on the game of Two Truths and a Lie, let me share with you that I want these episodes going forward to be short and punchy, real things that you can use practically in the moment. So at that moment in time where you recognize things for yourself, there needs to be a change, a kick up the backside, whatever it is that you need in order to help you make change and move forward. For me, that's what coaching is all about. It's about making change and helping you move forward to become unstuck, to realize that potential, all those lovely things that we know, great coaching, great leadership, working with great people and being in a great culture can be. So short and punchy, as always, and we can deep dive into self-limiting beliefs and all sorts in this in great detail, and we will definitely revisit that for sure. But today, let's look at the two truths and a lie. So you might have played the game, in fact, in your workplace. It's a spin on a game called Two Truths and a Lie, which you might have done perhaps maybe as an icebreaker or a getting to know you exercise, maybe in a team building session or a team meeting or a training course, meeting people for the first time. It's usually a really good game. So the person stands up or expresses two truths about themselves and a lie and the audience is to guess which one is the lie. And they can be as outlandish as you like. And I've heard some crackers over the time. But I like to apply this to a personal life setting. And you can use this professionally as well. And utilising it for responding to those negative pieces of self-talk. So for every negative piece of self-talk that you hear in your own head, and sometimes you don't hear it at the time. I reflected on mine, if you recall from my intro, whilst I was on holiday, I'd noticed that I'd become really tired and I was getting tired in my own head first and foremost. And that was because I was giving myself a lot of negative self-talk, that internal chatter that doesn't switch off, but was taking me down that rabbit hole, as I describe, of not being particularly helpful. So I want you to utilise the two truths and a lie to challenge any piece of negative self-talk 
as if it were a lie. Often the things that we have self-limiting beliefs on are unfounded assumptions that we make about ourselves. It might be even something that is casted forth from our past, if that's a phrase or expression. You know what I'm saying, something that we've held on to for a very long time, perhaps maybe from our school days, our education, our upbringing. There could be any reasons for that, but usually they are unfounded assumptions that we make about ourselves. And I'd like you to to challenge that. Start to question the assumption or the lie and replace it with two truths about yourself or the situation. So that piece of negative self-talk that we often hear ourselves saying, and I'll give you some examples of them in just a moment, that becomes a lie. How do we challenge that as an assumption, as a perception, as a lie, and instead replace it with two things that we know factually to be true about ourselves or the situation that we find ourselves in? So if the lie were to present itself, which is the negative piece of self-talk, I'm not good enough, or perhaps let's extend that, like I was having the conversation with my coaching client recently, I'm not good enough to get that promotion. Or for me, it was, I didn't feel good enough to show up. There was other people in the world doing bigger and better things than me. So all of those things are pieces of negative self-talk. And I want you to change that to two truths about yourself. Get the right teeth in, Laura. I told you it would be unscripted today because I feel such a huge amount of energy about this particular topic. So I hope you are resonating with this for yourself. And I challenged my coachee and myself to think about in those situations. So if I'm not good enough to get that promotion and, and that's a lie that we're hearing and we're going to challenge that and replace it with two truths about ourselves, well, how do we do that? So ask yourself a couple of questions. Well, what are you good at? What is the alternative viewpoint? How do we replace that? And also consider who says Who says that we are not good enough at this thing that we've casted up in our mind as not being good enough at? According to who? These are the types of question that gives us back some choice. We become less rigid in our thinking. We become more flexible in our approach and more flexible in our approach to ourselves. So think about that, those internal dialogues of I'm not good enough and whatever the the follow-up for that is, I'm not good enough at X, Y, Z. Replace that with the things that you are good at. What about that thing that you think you're not good enough is actually true? Where has that been evidenced? How do you know that to be the case? Who's told you that in your past? Is it true or or is it the stuff that we tell ourselves? I nearly swore there, the stuff, you can understand the word I'm meaning. Is it the bullshit, let's be honest, that we start to tell ourselves? How can we become less rigid in our thinking and more flexible in our pro- in our approach to ourselves first and foremost? Think about that for just a moment. So whilst I was on holiday, I internally in my own mind started to play the game of two truths and a lie and I addressed my biggest piece of unhelpful inner chatter that was going on in my mind at that time. And these were the things that were fueling my fatigue, feeling tired, feeling irritable, feeling stuck, feeling frustrated, perhaps a little bit anxious, also feeling stagnated that I couldn't move forward. And and that's not like me at all. So for me, I wanted to address that. And I found the best time to do that was whilst lying on a nice sun lounger in the company of an awesome friend, having the best holiday. 
and being able just to switch my mind off from all of the things that I had going on. And the biggest piece of internal chatter that I had at that time is, yes, I wasn't feeling good enough, but the reason I didn't feel good enough is I felt I don't have enough time. I noticed that a lot of the things I was saying in response to stuff was, I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time for uh, seeing friends. I don't have enough time for doing the great things I want to do in my business. I don't have enough time for a huge amount of stuff that was going on. Or, you know, I was feeling like I'd never be able to do that or reach that. And it was all time critical. And I started to think, well, okay, how do I challenge those assumptions? Because let's be honest, well, that's one of the most common things that I hear most people say, there's just not enough hours in the day. I don't have enough time to do that. But we all have the same amount of time every single day. But the beauty is, what do we do with that time in order to best serve ourselves and then best serve others around us? So what can we do with our time to perhaps be better planned and, and all of the lovely things that come around that? So I started to challenge that assumption of I don't have enough time. But when I challenged that, it actually turned out to be a truth. It didn't turn out to be a lie at all. And I was sitting sort of dumbfounded for a while because the reason that I didn't have enough time and that that had become true is I was overloading myself, overloading myself, trying to do and achieve and be too many things to too many people all at the same time. And that was the thing that was leading me to feel fatigued, to feel frustrated, to feel anxious. And I mean, really anxious to the point, at one point I felt as if I was having chest pains. So that was the internal chatter that did turn out to be the lie, but also a truth at the same time. I, I don't have enough time. I wanted to challenge that, but it turned out to be the truth. But the reason I didn't have enough time was for something else. I was just doing too much at one time. So what could I then do to turn that around? Because what that was allowing is procrastination to set in because my self-talk said, well, you never get enough time to do that anyway. So actually I don't have enough time and that's because I've got too much on my plate. And quite a lot of the things that I had on my my list or my things to do weren't really a priority right now. But my worry about that had caused that to, to spiral, to cycle out of control, just like it had for my coaching client, where you get into that, that repetitive cycle of thinking, I'm not good enough or I don't have enough time. These things manifest our, itself in our thinking and that then fuels that thing where we consider ourselves not to be good enough and we tell ourselves that lie until we believe it and it becomes a progress blocker or it becomes an energy zapper or drainer. The truth is that we have choice. We can challenge, we can shape, we can influence, we can twist, we can turn, we can change direction. So what will you do? What will I do going forward in order to turn these things around? So turn around the, the genuine lie that we hear where we feel we're not good enough. That's not the case. Everyone is good enough and more so. Sometimes we just need to draw forth that energy to realise that. Or how do we address the, the fact that we don't have enough time as a truth? What can we do with that going forward? Let me tell you what I came up with next. So for me, saying I don't have enough time made me feel even more pressure. I would look at my huge to-do list and it made me want to have a nap, which is the complete opposite of what I probably should have done. But it just made me feel that overwhelming sense of exhaustion, frustration, and that would layer up to the point that I thought, I can't take this holiday. To the point that a few days before my holiday, I felt as if I had so much to do. And some of it was important and some of it was urgent. 
but I was finding myself caught in the rut of dealing with all the things on my to-do list, not just the things that were pertinent in the preceding days before I departed for my holiday. So I had to really spend some time just separating that because I don't have enough time at that time was the truth. It does become the lie, of course, because I do have enough time to deal with all of the things on my to-do list, just not at once. So for me, how did I use that time away in order to address that because that was when I was lying on a sun lounger in Benidorm thinking to myself, I'm becoming my own blocker. I am putting this pressure on myself. No one else is putting this pressure on me. If there are any requests for pieces of work for clients, whether that be individual or corporate clients, then that was always taken care of first and foremost. I never let anyone down. But I was letting myself down in the point where I felt as if I've got all these things on my to-do list and I'm just not addressing it because I felt as if I didn't have enough time. So in the time that I had away, I was able to separate that, rationalise it, think, plan, rest, reset, challenge my thinking so that I was rational and logical in setting myself some milestones, separating what was on my to-do list into the things that were you know, urgent or needed to be done in the coming week or the coming days even. And then the things that were on my to-do list that still were useful or pertinent things to do, but having more of a planned attack at it, more of a planned effect so that I could be more purposeful and a little bit more methodical and logical in the way that I go about things, which is not always words that I would describe myself with. Let's be honest about that as well. So I don't have enough time as factual, but the addition to that is I don't have enough time right now to do everything on my to-do list all by myself. And that's my personal and my professional to-do list as well. And that's okay. What I do have enough time for though is the things that bring me joy, satisfaction, comfort, excitement, adventure, possibility, opportunity, and I'm taking them one thing at a time. And that can be the personal stuff as well as the professional stuff. For example, I'm going through my home wardrobes at the moment, trying to be a little bit more organised because that will in turn save me a little bit of time along the way, trying to find that particular t-shirt that you wear under that particular jacket. Sometimes that eludes me or pairing up socks. What about that? Does anyone else have this problem where you put your washing in? And I'm sure I put pairs of socks in, but only one comes out. I'm sure my washing machine <laughs> machine is eating my socks because I think I've got at least 20 individual socks that have lost its mate. So things like that. What can I be doing that will allow me to separate? So whilst I was on holiday, I was able just to take three things. What were the three important things for me personally and professionally? Turns out there was one personal, two professional things to work on and, and do so in a logical sense of time. How might that represent for you? If you feel you don't have enough time, what's fueling that? Are there lots of pressures and demands on you? Where can you remove some of those immediate pressures and demands? Where can you move them to a further trajectory in time? so that you're not having to deal with that right now? What are the things that are on your to-do list that are causing you a burden in your in your internal dialogue, your internal self-talk, where it becomes so pressurised that we stagnate, that we become our own blocker? How can we separate that? For you, it might be writing a list, having a plan. For me, it's about every single week, at the start of the week, writing down what are the three things that needs to be done this week without exception. 
and what am I doing in order to meet that outcome? Does that mean some things need to move? Does that mean some things need to come on to my list in order to fuel that? And that can be a personal stuff as well, personal things as well. So for me, it's about ensuring that one of my three things is making space to see family and friends. It's so important and making space to ensure that I get enough rest. And we've spoke about that in previous episodes, but it's super, super important. So what does that look like for you? What does your internal chatter say to you? How can you challenge that as a perception, an assumption or a lie? What can you replace those perceptions, assumptions and lies with the truths that surround that? Or if you recognise that actually it is a truth, what can you do to change that or affect it moving forward? You have that gift within you. You have that potential. You have that opportunity. You might not have everything that you need right now, all your ducks in a row, but you can start today toward that. So what will you do in order to edge that forward a wee teeny tiny bit in order to bring you joy and some more comfort in all that you do, both personally and professionally? So let me bring you back to the part of the game where we played Two Truths and a Lie with my coaching client. And I wanted my coaching client to challenge their own perception, their assumption, their lie of not being good enough for that promotion that they wanted to go for. And I asked a single question. I asked the, the, the person, the coaching client, outside of your own thinking right now, you're not good enough. According to who? Well, what I actually think I said was a little bit more uh, provocative than that. I think I said, says who? In that particular tone. Because I wanted to challenge, truly challenge that thinking pattern. And my coaching client couldn't reply. He was stuck. He said, after a short space of time, According to me, no one else. I'm the only person that thinks this. So we started to explore that a little bit more. So I asked him to reframe the statement, I'm not good enough, and ask himself a question of, define good enough. What does that mean to you? What are the requirements to meet your standard of good enough? If that were a recipe, what ingredients do you have in your cupboard to add in to be good enough? So I like to throw in metaphors and analogies all the time because sometimes it helps us recognise that in that cupboard that we have all of the resources that we need and if there's a resource missing we just go out to the shops and we get that. We might not get to the shop that day but we can get to the shop at a later point in time or we might need to adapt and tweak the recipe. It might taste a little bit different but it might still be good enough. So define what that good enough looks like for you. Think about that for yourself if that is something that you recognise in your own internal self-talk. So there was lots of responses. Gosh, we spoke for a good 90 minutes on this and there was lots of responses, an abundance of them in fact, all challenging that unhelpful internal chatter that my coach and client had, stopping him from making progress. And you know what? He's applied for the job. Not quite at the stage to have an outcome on that so far, but he applied for that job because he was able to recognise that the belief that he held about not being good enough was only true in his own mind. It wasn't true in real life. It wasn't true for anyone else. He recognised that he is good enough. Yes, there might be some things that he could do differently or better in terms of a skill set, but that can be learned. The mindset part is such an important aspect. Just to turn that around to what makes you good enough is progress. And that's what we're striving for. Everyone, I would love to have that as a mantra. 
a mindset mantra. We're not in this world to strive for perfection. What we're striving for is progress. Think about how that sits and works for you. Gosh, I think I said earlier on in the earlier part of my recording for this podcast that, we, you know, we'll, this will be a short and punchy episode, but I've got so energised about all the stuff I'm sharing with you. There's just more things came to the forefront of mine to share as, as good anecdotes and, and good uh, pieces of the story uh, from my own experience and that of my coaching client as well. So why am I telling you all of this? Well, sometimes we get stuck in our own bullshit. Let's be brutally honest about that. We get stuck in a rut. We just coast along or we start to believe these things that we tell ourselves and we spiral down that rabbit hole. It's every single person's responsibility to challenge those negative patterns or those negative pieces of self-talk when we hear it. And this has resonated with me even more so recently around the exam results time. So Scottish students' exams and then uh, GCSE results that have been more recent in the last week or so. So much so that I shared a little bit about my story and I'll share it with you here today too because there's elements here linking to growth mindset, dealing with those self-limiting beliefs. And again, we'll do more on this in future episodes, but I think it's really important that we don't fuel this mindset or approach that people have where they feel they're not good enough and we're basing it on stuff that, yes, might feel important in that moment in time, but there can always be something that helps us move forward. So let me share with you my story. Now, I think I've shared this uh, perhaps before. I've certainly told the story in various settings, but all my school report cards or any time my parents went to parents' evening, the teachers always commonly said the same thing. Laura talks too much and she laughs too loud. And do you know what? That was a bad thing in school. But yet here I am making a living out of exactly that. It is a point in time where I recognise that, yeah, do you know what? I do talk a lot and I do laugh a lot and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So what did I want to be when I grew up? I can tell you right now when I was in school, I didn't think to myself, I'd like to be a corporate trainer or coach. That was never even on the job list. That was never even something that you could have aspired to be back then. I don't really think it was really a vocation that was promoted when I was in school. But for me, my first job that I wanted to be was a vet. I've got a huge love of animals and I just wanted to care for them, cuddle them all day. And my school careers advisor, I'll never forget when I said that, said, what do you want to be when you grow up or you leave school? I told them uh, that I wanted to be a vet. And the exact response I got from that lovely lady who was our school's career advisor was that, uh, Laura, you're just not smart enough. I was like, oh, OK. And I just I just agreed with that. I believed it. I was like, OK, then. Um, then another time I had the same conversation with the same person. What did I want to be? I said I wanted to be a lawyer. I was a huge fan of LA Law back in the day. I think that was around in the 80s. And I used to watch that with my mum and dad, LA Law. And I thought, oh, I could be really good at that. I want to be a lawyer. And I got the same reply. You're not smart enough for that. I then said I wanted to be a writer. I'd taken up reading. My granddad used to read lots of books and really encouraged me to read as a, um, you know, eight or nine, ten year old, uh, and into high school. And I got the same response: you're not, you're not good enough, or you're not smart enough, or you're not clever enough. Uh, I was even told, well, you're not. Uh, you don't have the. Well, what was the phrase that was used? I didn't have the substance to be able to continue the study for X amount of years. And in truth, I left school not knowing what I wanted to be when I grew up. And to be honest. I'm not really sure I still know what that is but if I think about it now I've always had a growth mindset even before really knowing that as a concept or really knowing what a growth mindset is so even when I left school with you know nine average standard grades as it was in Scotland at that time 
and one higher at sea level, A being the highest you could have got and I got a C level, I was determined, you know what, these results won't define me. They won't define my intelligence. They won't define my capability and they certainly won't limit or define my potential. Instead, it shaped what I chose to do next. I wanted to prove to people that I could do what I wanted to do. I didn't have to fit into a mould. In hindsight, I wish maybe I had pursued a career uh, to be a lawyer because I think I've always been told I could talk my way out of a paper bag. So I think from that argument perspective, I'd be really good at that. I definitely couldn't be a vet because I'm the most squeamish person that you'll ever meet. I thought as a young uh, person that being a vet was just about cuddling animals all day, not dealing with all the other stuff that we know happens in a veterinary surgery. So From 1999, yes, that is a little while ago now, but from 1999, I worked in bars. I've got a performing background, so I performed as a singer on the pub and club circuit. I worked in call centres for a few years, all whilst completing a music degree, and I completed that with honours at 2-1 level. I then got to travel Australia for 10 months in my mid-20s, and my performing background of talking and talking too much and laughing too loud and being told I wasn't smart enough coupled with what I now recognise to be my dogged determination and that growth mindset opened up so many doors for me where I became a corporate trainer and then became a coach quite early on in my working life in my very early 20s. I've had some amazing learning, development, coaching and consulting jobs working with some of the biggest global brands and I now successfully work for myself on my own, in my own business. Yes, I have some associates that help, but it is predominantly me. And if something happened today or tomorrow or in the future where that needed to change, I would do so because it's all about what is the next part of the path. There is no wrong path and exam results certainly don't define who you are. Take whatever the result is uh, and whatever that is in that moment and move forward in the path that feels right for you. You have potential believe in yourself. You are more than enough. You are good enough and much more. And you have the opportunity and the capability to move things forward always. Sometimes you might need a little help along the way, but that's more than okay to ask for it. So the reason I share this story is we are not defined by how we think in a moment. We're not defined by a piece of paper that says these are the results that you have. We are defined by who we are and what we bring. And that's entirely up to us. How can you support yourself and how can you support others to be at their best? So everyone, that is all from me for today. It's a lovely bank holiday Monday and I do want you to have a great start to your week and of course enjoy the rest of your week. Don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified of future episodes. You can sign up at www.dnacoach.co.uk forward slash podcast and of course you'll get some lovely toolkits along the way too. So I hope today's episode has been a good listen for you. Do let me know if that's the case or even if there's any topics you want me to cover, I'd be more than happy to do so. I'm also looking forward, as I've been saying for a few weeks now, it's coming, I promise, to share with you some great uh, two-way episodes where I am interviewing some awesome people in the world of coaching, leadership, people and culture. So everyone, take care for now. I'll look forward to you joining us next week for the Coaches and Leaders Assemble podcast. Take care and bye-bye for now.